MacGyver is a kind of uh, troubleshooter. Duct tape. Never leave home without it. He likes to make clever little things out of odd bits. It's a little recipe I use in emergencies. Not perfect. Ah. Yeah. Who are you? He's MacGyver. Welcome to the Gatecast, a bonus episode presented by Alan and Mike. Welcome. My recommendation is that anyone attempting to leave the mountain should be shot on sight. Welcome to a Gatecast bonus episode. We throw one of these shows in every now and again for various reasons, but for now, this episode and maybe one or two more will be released over the holidays to hopefully let our listeners enjoy all the distractions of this time of the year and not miss an actual Stargate episode. It also means we are going to take a break from recording for a couple of weeks, and not worry about having to rush any of the SG-1 and Atlanta shows in the new year, so I think it pays off for everyone. This episode is all about Richard Dean Anderson, and in particular MacGyver, and even more specifically, the fifth season episode, Live and Learn, which also features Christopher Judge. It seemed the appropriate episode to cover, given watching and commenting on an episode is what we do. So let's kick off with a little background on Richard Dean Anderson. He was born on the 23rd of January 1950 in Minneapolis, the eldest of four brothers. His father, Stuart Anderson, was a teacher at the local high school, and his mother, Jocelyn, was an accomplished artist. Richard is the eldest of the four sons. He had a passion for ice hockey, however, as a teenager, he broke both his arms in two separate hockey games, which curtailed any chance of taking his interest in the sport beyond his school years. While still at high school, age 17, he embarked on an epic 5,000-mile bicycle trip through Canada and Alaska, and it set the pattern and its passions for the rest of his life. He studied drama at two universities, but never completed the courses, and travelled around the US, stopping off in New York, San Francisco, and then Los Angeles, and embraced the arts, perhaps derived from the influences of his parents. But the less said about his brief time in the band Ricky Dean and Dante, the better. Richard got his big break in television back in 1976, as Dr. Webber in the U.S. Soap General Hospital, a role he played for five years before appearing in two short-lived CBS shows, Seven Brides, Seven Brothers and Emerald Point NAS, as well as a number of guest spots on other U.S. primetime shows. It was 1985 when he was cast in a lead role in an ABC network show called MacGyver, which premiered September 29, 1985, and went through to August the 8th, 1992. For the past seven years, I have done nothing but travel around the world getting shot up, Locked up, blown up, and all I've got to show for it are a couple of empty rolls of duct tape. Let's now take a closer look at the character of MacGyver. There is conflicting background information, both from the show itself and various online resources. But let's say we are talking about the life and adventures of Angus MacGyver, who fought bad guys, injustice and corruption, both on a small, local scale and internationally. The early seasons tended to lean towards his own experiences and local issues, but working for the Phoenix Foundation, his missions took him further afield, and dealt with more social-environmental issues. At all times, the underlying notion was to take a stand using knowledge, reason, and an individual's resources to counter, at times, well-funded and armed opponents. But it was easy to accept someone as resourceful and courageous as MacGyver winning the day. After all, he was former special forces, and spent most of his formative years learning an eclectic range of skills, both in formal education and by simply travelling the world and embracing various cultures. The two regular cast members were Richard Dean Anderson, of course, as a title character, and Dana Elkar as Pete Thornton, a handler, assistant and all-round confidant of MacGyver. Bruce McGill appeared in 19 episodes of the show, and there were a couple of dozen actors who had up to nine appearances, which underlines how much the writers enjoyed reusing the same characters, despite it being a serialised action show. MacGyver was created by Lee David Zlotoff, produced by Henry Winkler, John Rich and Stephen Downing, with a supervising producer well known to Stargate fans in the shape of Michael Greenberg. The fledgling series had an average first season before gaining ground in the ratings during its second season, and continued to grow in popularity in the US, as well as being very lucrative on the global market, eventually being sold to 70 countries and completing seven seasons with 139 episodes and two additional TV movies. When James Bond gets an assignment, it's on the Riviera, up to his 007 in bikinis. I end up 80 miles past nowhere. Today we are going to watch and comment on Live and Learn, which is the 13th episode of the 5th season, and has Christopher Judge as a guest star. Not the main guest star, but let's be honest, RDA and Chris together, pre-Stargate, is why we are here. One minor correction before going into the episode proper. I have, through the research, found out that Richard Dean Anderson did indeed do his own stunt work for MacGyver. I have to be honest, I'm pretty amazed they let a lead actor do that sort of work, but perhaps it was a different time. Now, on to the episode. You good to go? Good to go. Give me three, if I do. 
Ibrahim. Blicky. And we're in. The music happily playing. Everybody out there remembers it and can home along with it. Um, pen knife. Is that not a microwave? It could have been. He always made use of whatever he could find about. And there he is, his bald. Stereo, where <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? They've gone past the in colour, which used to crop up on many shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it actually looks. Whoever did the uh, stunt work for him was, looked pretty close. He didn't? I never imagined Richard Dean Anderson, even when he was younger. And he ain't that young, even in MacGyver, was uh, doing his own stunt work. Hey. <laughs> I love that little scene. Splash. <laughs> Ice cream. He just seems to break things. Well, you can't fix things if you don't break them in the first place. And that ridiculous tank top. Fade to black and kids walking. Ah, yeah, that's the bit I didn't have yesterday. Yes. That's the Lord Strathcona Elementary School in Vancouver. And well done, he's balanced it. That's freaky, that is. What you see here is an example of equilibrium. Now, it looks like the forks should fall over, but they don't. Can anybody tell me why? Even though I understand the explanation, it's still freaky. Come on. Any ideas at all? Some kind of trick. <laughs> Chris, George. <laughs> he stands out a bit. Yeah. He's a Look at him. big guy. Even, I mean, what age was he there? I'm not sure exactly what age. That's actually something I didn't actually look up. <laughs> big deal, man. Come on, it is a big deal. He was 26 playing 18, or 17 even. Darren, do you by any chance play football? (laughs) Yeah, why? Let me guess, Uh, defensive tackle, 6'3", 220. Uh, 235. That's perfect. It really wouldn't surprise me if Chris George did actually play football. Look at the shoulders on that guy. He did, He, he busted his knee, that's why he's always had trouble... And kneeling down on Stargate. I'm an athlete. <laughs> All the more reason you should pay attention. Come on, Darren, it's just you and me on the five-yard line. It's a goal line stand. Your back's up against the wall. There's no tomorrow. Come on, for the school, Darren! Come on down! <laughs> and the strange thing is, in this classroom, Guyer's haircut doesn't look out of place. Does he? <laughs> and that's it, mate. You've backed yourself into a corner. Yep. He's definitely a major get there, isn't he? I mean, he's got lines and everything. He's got more lines in this than many an episode of Stargate. <laughs> you are a large mass. <laughs> yes. I am a much smaller mass, but with a lower center of gravity. Now let's check out this equilibrium principle. It's your funeral, man. The cynicism isn't quite as refined in this, but you can still tell. He's certainly got the stare. Flank left, dog blue! <laughs> 90! <laughs> Stop Set. laughing. Stop laughing, Christopher. Oh, that's got to hurt. Come on, don't laugh. Some of the greatest of scientific discoveries have been made in exactly the same way, like the lever. He's playing the character Deron in this episode. Mm-hmm. He was actually credited as Doug Judge. The world. Archimedes, huh? Sounds like a cool dude, but uh, who does he play for? <laughs> cool dude. I'm telling you, Darren, if you tune into this stuff, there's no telling how far you'll go before and after the Super Bowl. That drawing on the board must have took some time. And I wonder, you saw the science teacher with a sort of slight smile on his face because he's very clearly the geek that went straight from school to college to teaching science. Yeah. I've never seen my remedial class so turned on. I thought it was dumb. Yeah, that's because you're dumb. <laughs> Don't knock it. He's the actual star of the episode. So is that all the Chris we get? Oh, no, no. Chris pops up a bit more later in the episode. Seems bright. What's he doing in a remedial class? Good question. I'm afraid Tony's well on his way to becoming one more of our country's 700,000 dropouts this year. Come on, I want to show you something. Vicky, there are still ways you can finish high school and get your diploma. You know my door is always open. Let's talk about it, okay? Teenage pregnancy. Socially aware programming. Pregnant at 15. Probably won't graduate. 15, I don't know. She's not that far gone. Come on. (laughs) Well, your foundation wanted a school with a high dropout rate. 
You've got it. <laughs> I hear you, Mrs. Juarez. Believe me. Isn't that David Leclerc? That is David Leclerc, yes. MacGyver is General Hammond. As we know from Stargate, Don S. Davis actually played this guy's double and standing. He did? Yes. There is a resemblance. Hmm. Take those off. No gang colours, you know the rules. And no running! You're not on the street, this is a school! That's a thankless task, isn't it? Repainting the walls. Yep. A little background on the episode. Live and Learn, Season 5, Episode 13. Directed by Harry Harris. Written by Rick Middleman. Mm-hmm. Wrote seven episodes of MacGyver. Also wrote for Chips, Remington Steel, Simon Simon, and The Odd Couple. Mm. Michael Greenborg, executive producer, sounds familiar. It would do. He's producer on Stargate. As you can see, these kids love the science scholarship competition. Well, when MacGyver reminded the Phoenix board that our country was rated with third world nations in quality of scientific education, they sat up and took notice. The cardigan-wearing science teacher, Gus, is played by Robert Thurston. He's been in uh, Stargate Atlantis, Stargate SG-1, as well as Smallville. Now, Mike is on the creative side. When you get a load of his high-voltage exhibit. You could buy a doll like that in any store. Oh, that's Dr... Uh, what's his name? Yeah, he's getting a real charge out of this. That's wild. <laughs> Looking good, Mike. <laughs> get him, lad. Get him. <laughs> no running. Hey, you did it. This jerk uses to wreck my project. Oh. No, no, I'm not the geek. Tends to be bigger than the bully. It is a bit strange, isn't it? He just bent down to touch that. He could have gone around it. <laughs> well, he had to give him enough room to get through the doors to hide and ambush him. Hey, 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 come on, come on. Oh, Oof, good right. punch. Right. Yeah. Welcome to the real world of public education. Did you rig this thing? Yeah. What of it? Nothing. It's just pretty clever, that's all. Clever? And I'm kind of curious as to why you didn't enter your own science project instead of wrecking somebody else's. Because he's a master at tearing down anything and everything that's decent. Last week he blew up his gym locker. That's how he gets attention. Right, Tony? Let's go, Melani. <laughs> Love the hair. Love the hair. Ooh. This is the bad teacher. Handcuffed? Handcuffs. Handcuffs. Bloody hell. <laughs> it's a little excessive, isn't it? Half hallways are spray painted. Where were the security guards then? Or do they stay in the teacher's staff room? And get in touch with reality. Hey, I think we know the reality, okay? What you need to do is stop coddling troublemakers like Milani. He's a lost cause. Give it up. Worry about the kids who give a damn. All right, come on. Come on. Oh, he looks familiar. James Sloan. Slow Yan. He's been in DS9, Voyager, and TNG. Quite look for you. Hey, Milani! The school just called! They want you down there again! Again? Well, that's not good. Mm-hmm. And of course, the father was construction. The mother's probably dead or gone. He's always getting in trouble. <laughs> Kids. Oh. We're losing too much money on this project. Two weeks behind schedule. Evil developers, everybody. Evil develop- developers. What do you suggest? Well, you're the foreman. Be creative. You know what I mean. <laughs> Go on, say it out loud. In writing, if you would. You just contradicted yourself. He could do either. I wouldn't mind. If somebody's telling me to break the law, I'd, I'd like it in writing, or I'd like him to actually come out and say it, not just, you know what I mean. I've had bosses like that. Oh, that's great, Gus. Thanks. He's not happy to be there. Yep. Smack him. Go on, smack him. Bad teen pregnancy, why not child abuse as well? Go on. Now, if, if this was a modern drama, the father would actually hook up with the principal and they'd all live happily ever after. Hmm. You look at me when I'm talking to you. In here, Mr. Milani. You too, Tony. Hey, when are you going to listen to me? You don't want to be in school? You quit and get yourself a decent job. If this is a modern drama, they'd have better haircuts. That's either a light bike or a strong kid. <laughs> With a sense of hope. A belief in themselves. Project uplift. And how else are they going to feel or know that they can make it? Which brings us to the most important phase of Operation Uplift, the mentor program. Now, we make it work here at Dillard, and it could breathe new life into this nation's entire public school system. 
It could have a real impact. It's been a while since I've seen the whole series of MacGyver. I watched it probably six or seven years ago when it was on, I think, Bravo. Mm. But I don't recall the Phoenix Foundation really into this sort of thing. There isn't many explosions or uh, infiltrating terrorist compounds. This is a socially aware episode. It must be. They must have had one every episode. But they've got to address real issues. Mm -hmm. The mentor program doesn't cost anything. Just a little time and a lot of old-fashioned caring. Scholastic? Shouldn't that be scholastic? Old-fashioned means spare the rod and spoil the child. What you're proposing is pure and simple nouveau pap, and you know it. Well, old-fashioned is actually quite the opposite, I would have thought. Mm -hmm. Beat them until they do what you want. Two mentors to each student? That's right. One is a teacher and the other is a volunteer role model from the community, and they work together to provide positive reinforcement. You get the feeling Mr. Brawley, James Sloyan, isn't really happy or interested in this. That's a bit worrying, considering the principal seemed to indicate that half the uh, student body are delinquent. Mm. You just suspended him. His actions were inexcusable. Sure they were. But then maybe no one ever showed him a positive way to attract attention. As if he looked over the files, he already decided he wanted to work with Tony. Yeah. Inexcusable? Their reactions seem a little extreme. I mean, cuffed and out the door. <laughs> yeah. At that point, all he was guilty of, as far as they know, was running in the hall and a bit of fighting. It didn't seem they had an investigation into it. He got suspended straight away, and the other boy didn't. I'd sure like to work with George Fraley. Cough, cough, cough. Yeah. Fade to black. I'm just doing a time check. Fade in. That's an old car for the 70s. I'm sure he put it together himself. That's a 50s vehicle. From bits and bobs he had just lying around. It looks like something from Back to the Future. Probably even earlier. <laughs> There's not many teachers who'd be doing this. It's weird here. Go on. I am not here by choice. If it wasn't for Mrs. Warren. George, will you relax? It's strange hearing the phrasings and like the similar sort of attitude and approach without the military trappings. Yeah. Oh, so the mother's still around. Yes. Mrs. Milani. I'm Mr. Fraley. This is Mr. MacGyver. We're from Dillard High School. We'd like to talk to Tony. Who is it, Sophie? Two men from school. They want to see Tony. Please, come in. Yeah, Sophie Milani, played by Christine Anton. In the site, 4400 in the guard. Hmm. <laughs> Have they got guns? No, don't let them in there. The guard, as in the Irish movie, The Guard? No, the TV series The Guard. Yeah. Canadian, I believe. Oh, it's on a shirt. Good on you, mate. Yes. Got to be suspicious of a house where the curtains are drawn during the day. Yeah, so what's this all about? Well, just what it says. Tony's suspension has been lifted. Right. So it's lifted. So he can keep on humiliating us. Pulling all them dumb stunts. Flunking his classes. Costing me or his mother half a day's work. Every time we got to run over there just to listen to some pencil pusher read us the riot act. No way, pal. He's 16. Let him get a job. Nick, they came all this way. Maybe not the most responsible parental unit ever. Yeah. Sure, why not? I just paid a rent around here. <laughs> That's the spirit. Don't mind my husband. He's a good man, but stubborn, you know. Tony's in the basement. I'll show you the stairs. I've provided for him for 16 years. It's about time he started paying his way. He's got a very Jewish look to him, but he's gone very Italian on it. He seems disconcerted about which role he's playing. He certainly look more Italian, and the mannerisms are Italian. Yeah, but the, the nose is very Jewish, and I'm, I suppose he's not wearing his glasses. Well, it's a Roman nose, isn't it? Hmm. Isn't that where the... Uh... Thermocouple amplifier, not too shabby. I don't know. If I had a son, and this is what he was doing in the basement, I'd be rather impressed. I think he's way, way brighter than his dad. Yes. Even so, you, you think, this isn't a kid who's going to spend 40 hours in a factory for the rest of his life. Introduction to electrical engineering. You want to be an engineer? I use it as a doorstop, okay? Pays a lot more than six bucks an hour, that's for sure. Come on, MacGyver, we're just wasting our time. Yeah, listen to the man. There's at least one pin-up poster in the wall, so he's, he's not totally lost. What talent? What do you mean, what talent? These sketches, that crazy remote control you invented? Now, come on, Tony, you're not going to be happy flipping burgers all your life. What do you know? I know that if you stay in school, you at least got a shot at being what you want to be. 
You'd have thought there'd have been the odd dot sign. You'd expect him to go stealing that. Now, come on, I'll see you in science lab tomorrow. What do you say, huh? Tony Maloney is played by Glenn Capelli. He was in Love Boat and One Day at a Time, and he had a very short acting career. Maybe he's dead. IMDb doesn't state he's dead, but IMDb isn't totally complete. No. Sign up for IMDb Pro to see if he's dead. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. You think that kid's going to show up? You're dreaming. All right, Fraley, I'll make you a little wager. Tony doesn't show up tomorrow, you're off the hook as a mentor. What's the catch? If he does, you run the program after I leave. Oh, God. Pessimist the bloke is. <laughs> There's no indication anyone's going to blow anything up yet. Still time. MacGyver hasn't built anything, and we're a good third of the way through the episode. This is very disappointing. <laughs> yes, it is, isn't it? We expect... Oh, there's a trolley. There's a trolley. That'd be useful. Well, looks like you lost that bet, MacGyver. Maybe not. <laughs> Behind you. Hey, just thought I'd uh, see what's shaking. That's great. <laughs> hey, how you doing? It's maybe, a, yeah, that's it. When they wrote Joey, they looked at old. <laughs> this is 80s, isn't it? 1990, they said. January the 15th. So only 15 days from being 80s. Sorry? January the 15th, 1990, Yeah, but it was filmed in the 80s. It was filmed in the 80s, yes. Yeah. Grab an end. By Riggle Room. <laughs> In these, we have SETI land deals. Watch your back. All right, kids, let's gather around here. Okay, now for a little earthquake technology. MacGyver? Can anybody tell me what that thing is? Any of them knew I'd be amazed. A Martian toothbrush. Close. I'm going to say tilt then. No, actually what it's called is a nuclear densometer. It's used to measure soil compaction or density by... Sending out radioactive particles. Tony, you want to help me out? Set that probe in the sample there? Yeah, sure. Seriously? There's a radioactive element in there. Uh, some high schools have... Do you recall when Kevin Street got their uh, radioactive source in? For a while, they stored it in the fridge in the same floor as the biology lab. You know, the food science lab. <laughs> right. I assume there is some science behind this device. But I think the real one is probably more complicated. And you'd have to clean it off after getting a sample and everything. I'd say so. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd say, as a guest star, it's not too bad a role. You get your face on television, it's a decent role for Chris. And his first, wasn't it? He said fiddling with the... Uh... His second role. It was in a TV series called Neon Rider. Oh, dear. OK, now the soil samples appear to be the same. But the readings will show that the density of the soil sample on the right is twice as great as the one on the left. Can anybody tell me why that information might be important? To see how much punishment a football field can take. Oh, that's it, Darren. Yep. Wrong, but... <laughs> anybody else want to take a guess? What about using it in construction to see how far down piling should go so a building won't collapse in an earthquake? You got it. It's amazing. One good day at school and he's happy again. Yeah, I'm afraid to start a web browser in case it screws with the audio quality. Yes, <laughs> it probably will. His mother's happy for him as well. <laughs> Tony, shame on you. You scared me to death. What's that? That is the readmittance slip to all my classes. I am not even on probation this time. Oh, Tony, <laughs> that makes me so happy. Tony, is that you? <laughs> yeah, Pop. Is that Wumpy? Why haven't you got a job? Get a load of this. Your son, he's got good news. Yeah, well, I got better news. One of the men got hurt down the construction site today. They needed a replacement. Yeah, that's good news. I pulled a favor to get you the job. Ten bucks an hour and you don't even have to apprentice. What do you think of that, huh? <laughs> oh, Tony, isn't that great? And by hurt, I mean accidentally got pushed off a ledge. He's not keen, is he? I wouldn't be, really. Just heard from Washington. The education department is sending out an observer next week. That's great. Maybe not. So great. The Meta program may not have much for your observer to see. What are you talking about? Mrs. Warra, she just told me, Tony Milani has dropped out of school for good. Pete Thornton, as Alan's mentioned, is played by Dana Elkar. Mm-hmm. Passed away June the 6th, 2005, age 77. Wow. He's been in Matlock, Law and Order, The A-Team, Falcon Crest, and the old detective series Beretta. Long acting career. He's a powerhouse of 80s television. Oh, Beretta was even earlier. 70s, that was. 
Yeah, that's a fade to black for an outbreak. <laughs> yes. They're very obvious, aren't they? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a proper beard, that is. <laughs> Where is he parked? That's right, right over a sodding hole. <laughs> I've seen construction. I watched them build the Irish version of a skyscraper at the window of an office I used to walk in. How's it coming, Nick? Hey, I'm going as fast as I can, Buck. Concrete seems thinner than the stuff we tested. Don't worry about it. How's your kid doing? Well enough, you shouldn't be asking. Yeah, but just keep it that way. It's a good observation, that is. It, it does seem to be flowing rather quickly for concrete. Mm-hmm. Oh, the bane of every foreman, the inspector. Mm-hmm. Uh, the foreman, played by Michael Sicoli. Been in five episodes of MacGyver. We're going to have Fred Flintstone moment. Mm, first day on the job. Hey, Tony. What are you doing here? I was going to ask you the same thing. What happened? Hey, man, ten bucks an hour happened. Pretty good money back then. Steady. Down payment on a car, money in my pocket for a change. No teachers bugging me, okay? Is that you talking or somebody else? Come on, Tony, you're a bright kid. You can do whatever you want. Mm. I am doing what I want. Is that true, really? Here. I got these engineering scholarship forms from the guidance office. Come on, man, with my marks? No, with your imagination. We take a look? Come on. I'm not overly keen on the state of the concrete wall behind him. There's some cracks in there. No. Probably a bit too much gravel in that mix. Then that's your choice. If this is really what you want for yourself, great. That's no crime. But if it isn't... Listen to the man. If you wake up 30 years from now and all you are is 30 years older, that is a crime. Hey, you! Hey, MacGyver, can't you read? No trespassing. Dad's not going to be happy about this. That's hard, hard area. That's a clue, that is. And one that I didn't pick up either. <laughs> Unfortunately, due to his economic situation, scholarship is the only way he is going to advance. Yep. The kid is only 16 years old. He'll be 17 next week. Now beat it. You back to work. And you, you leave my kid alone. I guess I'm out of here. Look, if you need anything... I won't. It's cool, Okay. Uh, it's no fun working with you, Dad. You know, you look at American bills, you think they're cruel to blind people. He? All American bills are the same size. They're the only country on the planet that does that. Oh, right. I've got a stack of 20s and a much larger stack of 50s, and they're all you're the same size. Oh, you're, you're fiddling with your holiday money, are you? Yes. <laughs> well, I seem to recall uh, a program where a blind woman was talking about her money, and she used to fold each bill separately doesn't prevent shopkeepers from cheating them. Come on, Barney. Behind schedule. What do you expect me to do? Tear all this down? Buck, trust me. You're below specs. Convenient. Involved in a conspiracy, but you don't hear the other door open. Yep. You've got all that noise outside on the yard. It doesn't go up in volume. The inspector, played by Gary Davy, been in Millennium and the X-Files. And being handed a white envelope. I thought these envelopes are traditionally brown. Perhaps they had a white one on him. Bad, bad, in, bad inspector. Appropriate. Hang on. Let me add appropriate sound effects. There you go. <laughs> and those were actually American bills I was rifling. See? I had authentic sound effects. Second thought. Yes, just throw the evidence in the waste Maybe paper basket where anybody can get to it. Come on. Buy a cup of coffee. Oh dear. I'm not looking forward to sending up. No, 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 no. <laughs> wow, that's uh, one hell of a bad report. Hmm. Whereas those steps look like they're solid as a rock. Yep. They built them well. Pop! Hey, Tony, finish up already. Pop, I think you better read this. Yeah, what is it? It's about the job specs. Clovis was talking to the inspector and what they were Where'd saying. Where'd you get? In a wastebasket. Look what it says there, Pop. Duck's the issue once again. Mm. Says you're nosing into stuff you got no business nosing into. Now you get back to work and mind your own business. Pop, the pile ratio, you, you think it's all right? Pile ratio, huh? 
Listen to him. Kyle raced you a few days on a job. Yeah, he thinks he's already a hotshot engineer. Pop, I just thought... Well, that stop was... thinking. That's not your job. Cleaning up the site. That's your job. You got that? Now get back to work. You hear me? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Shut at me again. I'm going home and telling Mom. Yep. Problem, Milani? Nah, my kid. He was dumping out the trash. Came across this old inspection form. He thought it might have been something important. Well, is it? Hey, what do either one of us know about this kind of stuff, huh? <laughs> I didn't even bother to read it. Oops. <laughs> Actually, that is the right answer when anybody asks you that sort of question. What do I know? And I didn't read it anyway. Yeah, there he's getting rid of it. <laughs> Now, you think that would be a bucket of sand, or water? A bucket of anything. Something would be in it. Yeah, probably sand. Yeah, that, that's gov. This security guard works long hours. You're working pretty late, aren't you, Mr. Fraley? Oh, did you see the boom? I missed it, I looked down. <laughs> the boom popped in there above Fraley's head. A little black thing popped up. Uh, boom today, no boom tomorrow? Definitely, no, in the middle of the screen. <laughs> it wasn't even told it was just, whoa, that's a boom. The security guard, Blake, played by Daryl Hayes. Certain resemblance to a sort of mustachioed Will Smith. Been in Dead Zone, 4400 in Smallville. Ah, the mentor program's first big success. Nope, just another fine example of how the system has failed kids like Tony. You know, you're part of that system, Fraley. Wait a minute. Who are you to judge? Let me tell you something about the system. You think you're so idealistic. When I first started teaching, I was Albert Schweitzer, Martin Luther King, Bobby Kennedy, all rolled into one. Think you're the wrong color for Martin Luther King, pal. Very high opinion of himself, didn't he? Race, color, poverty, the drug scene, they weren't a problem. I had all the answers. What happened? What happened? This is what happened. I have one drawer and a desk that I have to share with two other teachers. No homeroom of my own. 45 kids in a class. Kids, <laughs> that's what happened. They're awkward, argumentative, and you're not allowed to hit them anymore. A day that starts with 20% teaching and 80% just trying to keep order. 2,000 bucks in the bank and a mortgage that won't quit. You saying it's not worth it? All I am saying is that I am your average overworked, underpaid, underappreciated teacher whose biggest thrill is to discover a senior who could find Washington, D.C. on a map and spell the word necessary. Never felt about moving to private school. When I repeated the Leaving Cert, which is our equivalent of A-levels and O-levels, actually, it's kind of both education systems are different, but I went to a private school to do it, and there was a guy teaching us physics. He said to us, would you mind if you guys don't appear on television? Apparently there was RT film crew in, but he was teaching in a state school and he didn't want to appear on television in case they found out he was double jobbled and fired him. Oh, right. <laughs> Get back in touch with the George Fraley who used to care. That's it, MacGyver. You can fix him. Hey, you! Stop! Hold it! Stop! Stop right there! Again? This job's all running and running. Wait, wait, wait. What's going on? This pump broke into the science lab. I was not trying to steal anything. I just wanted to borrow that nuclear thing. I think somebody's going to get hurt. Come on, kid, let's go. Hey, come on, just take it easy, will you? <laughs> yeah, I want to borrow a nuclear device, please. Yeah. I know this scientist that's built this car. <laughs> yeah, bit of intimidating look, that is. Down at the construction site... I saw the foreman give the inspector an envelope of money to ignore some violations. What? That's when I remembered that thing you showed us in class, the, the densometer, how they measure soil compaction so that everything's safe. I wouldn't have thought there'd be much oil left on that job site. You'd want to get a chunk of the concrete, smash it up, look through a mass spectrometer or something. He, he pretended like there was nothing wrong. Did he read that report? Yeah. Yeah. You want me to say it? Okay. My dad's in on it. Jumping to the wrong conclusion, lad. Yeah. Before you go judging your dad, why don't we make sure exactly what was on that paper? Forget it. I saw the foreman burn it after my dad gave it to him. It's too late. Maybe not. Yes, if he's that daft, who knows what other evidence could be lying around? Who knows? MacGyver can probably reassemble the ashes into Word document. 
You've seen this episode before, haven't you? <laughs> I'm amazed the car runs. MacGyver built it. Of course it runs. My classic MacGyver one was one where he got uh, some sheets of glass, covered them in aluminium foil, put them at angles on a trolley and shoved them between two lasers and got them to reflect off and burn each other out. <laughs> Brilliant. Was that a bit of thunder? Yeah, but it sounds more like a spaceship entering the atmosphere. It could be, you never know. Actually, I don't know who spotted that thing your man posted in GWC Peeps the other day. On the back window of the car is a picture of Anne and Chewie as they're going into hyperspace. Oh, yes. Okay, a job site in a residential area. Do you think they really bother with a security guard? Yes, keep kids off it. What, in this day and age? Insurance liability. In that day and age, yeah. Americans are very litigatious. Well, why haven't they got fences, then? Uh... Truthfully, it's probably cheaper to pay a security guard than it is to blow fences. You got all this thunder, why isn't it raining? You can hear it raining. I can't see it, his buffon is perfectly dry. <laughs> well, it's magic here, isn't it? Now, do you recognise the security guard? I call it a three-quarter glimpse in shadow of a moustache. Yes. You're going to tell me you're just going to keep me and everyone else in suspense? Well, I was going to wait until you got a better look at him. But I can tell you, I suppose. Mitchell Kosterman, who played... got the character's name. Hmm. He was in Heroes, that we watched a couple of weeks ago. Oh. Oh, and you expect me to remember that? From a couple of weeks ago? Uh, yes, probably. You know me in faces. Air freshener. 129 on debit MasterCard. Tube sock. $4. Paperclip, ballpoint pen, rubber band, tweezers, nasal spray, and a turkey baster. $14. The little things that get you through the day, priceless. I kind of made the decision that it was time to kind of retire and spend time with my daughter. and So I quite overtly retired. And then MasterCard approached me and asked me if I'd be interested in this campaign and this particular commercial, which is a slight send-up of MacGyver character, which I like. I'm convinced I was put on this earth to make a fool of myself, and so far, so good. The reason I don't do so many stunts these days is because I did all of my own stunts in the old days. I showed up for the shoot yesterday, and all of a sudden I'm rolling on the ground and jumping over things and sliding down the, a rope, and I didn't expect to be doing that stuff. I was joking about the ashes. I know you were. That's what made it so funny. Conveniently, in a bucket... In the middle of a construction yard, there's been nothing thrown into it. It's raining, as we can hear. Very little water inside the bucket. Oh. Well, that is flimsy, isn't it? Flimsy construction. He's getting closer. Above you. Above you. Look up. Now, do you recognise him? Not really. No. Okay. He was Colonel Tom Rundell. Oh, the fat bald guy. Sorry, I couldn't mm. see the top of his head. <laughs> Yeah, who went round with a film crew telling them what they couldn't and could not do. Well, it was mostly couldn't and couldn't. There wasn't a... That's true, yes. There's a nice little bit of suspense. So it makes you wonder, this is probably the night security guard. He's probably only met this... He may not even have met this lad. Don't try to hide. Come right out. <laughs> On the first day. Second day. Hmm. Oh, clever. Hmm. Look at that, he finally started earning some money, so he bought himself a wallet. Hey, you! Excuse me, can I borrow your flashlight? <laughs> Don't let go of the bucket. Evidence. Skip, is that you? Clever. <laughs> what are you doing here? I lost my wallet. Three o'clock in the morning, you put me on. I bought a cup of coffee off the truck this afternoon. This is the last place I could think of. Hey, come on. Could you sleep not knowing if you just lost your first paycheck? Of course, they'll want a reward. Yes, you've got to be back on the job at six o'clock. <laughs> I was actually joking about the ashes. I cannot believe he's going <laughs> to... Oh, dear. No, I think as a present to myself... If I spare cash towards the end of the holiday, um, I would consider buying the Time Tunnel box set. Oh, yeah. Or if I can get the really, really shiny one, the uh, Game of Thrones Blu-ray. <laughs> There's a super shiny one, the metal box with maps and things. 
Prepare to be impressed. Seriously impressed. MacGyver in full flow. There was stuff in that. Foreman must have known this report could ruin him. But you can't read it, it's burned. Well, sometimes things are hidden under the surface. You just gotta know how to bring them out. This is where we get really ridiculous. I don't know how ridiculous this is, to be honest. I've seen some things on CSI Miami, especially, which defied belief, but... What are you doing? Glycerol. It'll soften the ash. Wanna check the dark room? Need a camera with some infrared film. Infrared film? <laughs> In a high school dark room? Seriously. So what was he mixing the glycerol with? Uh, I don't know. Could it be just water? I mean, nowadays, it'd be all uh, jump cut, superimposed images and to a... This is the late 80s or early 90s, you know? Montage was king. Yeah, a bit more restrained as well, into Civilised montage. Now, uh, go to the home economics and bring me a rolling pin. I know, it's a better idea. Let's go and get the inspector and beat it out of him. <laughs> I only need a two before. Yeah, but he's only got a one by three. Of course, he does all this, and it turns out to be a shopping list, and he realises he's got the wrong note. <laughs> is, there an, is there actually something called infrared film, you know, as opposed to an infrared camera? Um, well, I suppose it's a matter of the lens. Yeah, I thought the hardware's got a... We saw uh, Tony mucking about with the lens. Yes, son. Keep studying, stay in school, and you can do this when you grow up. Yeah, that reminds me of the tear uh, at the end of Pitch Black. How'd you learn to do all this stuff? How do you think? Oh, okay. <laughs> Is your tripod around here? Yeah, set the camera. Reasonably well-funded uh, high school. Yeah, despite being uh, full of delinquents. Okay then, now I have you alone in a locked dark room and no one knows you're here. And the cameras are all set up. Time to reveal my true intent. Teenage high school boys are go-go. Don't worry, this won't hurt a bit. For obvious reasons, that scene was cut out from the final episode. As you may have noticed, there is a little bit of filler material being put into this episode. That's mainly because MacGyver relies on very long sequences when there is no dialogue. You're basically just watching Rich Dean Anderson tinker with things. And let's be honest, that's why most people watch this show. What's with the light? It'll bring out the phosphorescent properties in the ink. What's with the light, O'Neill? Good question, Tilt. Um, well, I suppose it was a nice long exposure. Yeah, it could have been a serious montage going on for three or four minutes and even longer as they sat around and waited for it to develop. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. That's more impressive than building a tank. Yeah. Aha. Because Dad can't read. Now, did you pull that together or did you just guess? <laughs> yes, all those bedtime stories you used to read, you used to make them up. Shame, shame. <laughs> well, you were right. According to this, that construction site is a disaster waiting to happen. Low pile ratio? Substandard supports, concrete, the whole works. You better let your dad know about this. He read that report already. I showed it to him, remember? You showed it to him, Tony, but I don't think he read it. What? Yeah. Dyslexic, perhaps? Or probably like he's wanting his son. Left... Well, no, even if he left school early, he's also been able to read. I have seen him read. No, I think that's just an act. I first suspected it when he looked at the school reinstatement form. And then he completely misread a sign out at the site. Why would he fake it? I don't know, maybe he's ashamed, angry at himself. Maybe he's afraid of what people would think if they knew. MacGyver, if you're right, that means he's not in on the scam. Your father's a very proud man, but I don't think he's a crook. His shift started at six. Come on, we'd better tell him. Forgot to mention that Nick Maloney is played by Jerry Wasserman, very popular actor. 
just finished the corner section. As soon as Milani's done, we're gonna pour secondaries. I figure we're just about back on schedule. Well, there's a will, there's a way, huh, Buck? Mm. Not bad, that ain't. It's only been a couple of days. We're back on schedule. Right, possibly. I think that's gonna collapse. <laughs> Rumblings. On his dad. Good job you got your hard hat on. That'll say. Did <laughs> Not a bad little effect, that is. All practical, of course. My God, you've lost your hair, mate. <laughs> Check the hat I had here when I came to work this morning. Well, as my tenant uh, in Dublin said, the only reason you wear hard hats and high-vis jackets on construction sites is so that they can identify which red pulpy mass you are after three tons of rebar falls on you. Well, fortunately in this case, this should have weighed three tons, but probably weighed more like a hundred pounds. Where's my pop? He's trapped in there! Pop! Are you there? Are you okay? Come on, guys, help me move this thing. My dad's in there! Pop, answer me! Answer me! If you can hear me, answer me, please! Pop! Pop, don't be hurt! Please answer me! Pop! Pop! <laughs> Beat to me! Say something. Ah. Tony, wait, listen. That's him. He's alive, MacGyver. We gotta do something. Leave her. Yes. Education always comes in useful. You never know when. Mm hmm. Alright, it looks like we got a fulcrum under here, but we're gonna need more leverage. Where's Darren when you need him? Alright, some of you men, give me a hand with this beam. Come on, you gotta move. Come on, guys, my dad's under there. Hurry up. Can't you talk? <laughs> You've got clear airway. Yeah. Just shout out, I'm alive, I'm here. I know it's more dramatic to have a stone tapping. <laughs> yes. Amanda tapping? <laughs> yeah, Amanda's tapping. Alright, gently get your weight on it. Come on, come on, in the head now. Lock it up nice and slow. It's good to see Richard Dean Anderson is still working with actors who need to state the obvious. We've got to do something, you think? Yeah, well... Yes, they know. <laughs> You're getting annoying, kid. Yeah, well, he's 16. Let it come, come on. Oh, just happens to be the right size. <laughs> nah, never not coincidence. Easy. All right, hold it right there. Let's hope the concrete is strong enough for it to actually not just rip apart when they tilt it. Mm-hmm. It just happened to fall in a seesaw fashion. Of course. Otherwise, this wouldn't work. The other one's going to fall. Whoa. <laughs> getting close, isn't it? It's getting close. You see, the concrete isn't that fragile by this example. Hmm. Well, maybe it's not good in compression. <laughs> and where did they take that out? Why didn't they use it to prop it up? <laughs> I'm just amazed. MacGyver is very, very strong. Yes. Those two blocks should have weighed a lot. Probably 80, 90 pounds each. You might not want to move around too much till the paramedics look you over. You okay, Pop? And of course, that'll slip and fall. You think? I suspect. <laughs> Tony, you didn't come home last night. I thought maybe you... Pop, we came to show you something. What is it? MacGyver and me, we restored the inspection report. It shows all the reasons why this place has fallen apart. All right, gentlemen. You might want to stick around. I think you've got some questions to answer. Uh -huh, got you. Evil land developer and evil foreman conspiring. Well, I mean, corrupt government inspector, it's almost a trope, wouldn't you say? Not a sci-fi trope. You actually feel something's wrong if you can't offer an inspector a bribe. The Ferengi have simply formalised it. Yeah. No, you don't pop. I know. Oh, bless. Even if you can't read. I love you, Pop. You gotta know that. I love you. Been a bully all your life. And you beat Mother. You've drawn an awful lot of conclusions from you can't read. I've drawn conclusions from the way the guy's been acting. But I'm quite prepared to accept that he's redeemed. 
MacGyver, good news. My pop's being released from the hospital this morning. That's great, Tony. And something else. We had a long talk about, you know, the reading. And he decided to start taking night classes. Oh, that is really good. Congratulations. Uh, maybe he could use a tutor to help him get started. He's just thinking about the overtime. He better be being paid overtime. <laughs> yeah, I just might. Somebody who's getting excited about education again. That's it. Do we, are we, do we get a freeze frame and everything? Oh, a freeze frame, yes. <laughs> so the bad guys will go to jail and everybody else lives happily ever after. That is uh, serialised television in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. Uh-huh. And MacGyver theme again. It's great to watch an episode of television where the theme music is a good two minutes front and back. <laughs> Not 15 seconds just squeezed in so we can have another advert halfway through. Or three. Or three, yeah. SGU's theme music was, I believe, 2.8. <laughs> well, that was Live and Learn, a fifth season episode of MacGyver, which wasn't too bad. But when you compare its production to a modern show, you soon realise how much padding there is, both in the theme and credits, and in the actual story itself. A good TV editor could easily trim five minutes out of that episode, and leave all the main plot points intact, and maybe even ramp up some of the tension especially in the construction site scenes. Anyhow, that's for another podcast to delve into. For us, this was a pleasant distraction, and I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, or didn't, then let us know. Gatecast.co.uk Thegatecast at gmail.com And you can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Google+, and Facebook under Gatecast. And on Twitter, we are TheGatecast, which is one word. Next week, we are doing a Simpsons episode, Kiss Kiss Bang Bangalore, which, by coincidence or Cunning Plan, also features Richard Dean Anderson, as himself, attending a fan convention in Springfield. It will be a shorter show, but a cracking episode. Take care, and see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Stargate forever.